The reading this morning is from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 to 34. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and which you have taken your, on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved, if you hold firmly to the word I preached you, otherwise you have believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also, as to one abnormally born. For I am the least of the apostles, and do not even deserve to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was within me. Whether then it is I or they, this is what we preach, and this is what you believed. But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless. And so, it is your and so is your faith. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God. For we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him if, in fact, the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead came also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. But each in turn, Christ the first fruits, then when he comes, those who belong to him, then the end will come when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father after he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death, for he has put everything under his feet. Now when it says that everything has been put under him, it is clear that this does not include God himself who put everything under Christ. When he has done this, 
then the Son himself will be made subject to him who put everything under him so that God may be all in all. Now, if there is no resurrection, what will those do who are baptized for the dead? If the dead are not raised at all, why are people baptized for them? And as for us, why do we endanger ourselves every hour? I face death every day. Yes, just as surely as I boast about you in Christ, Jesus our Lord. If I fought wild beasts in Ephesus with no more than human hopes, what have I gained? If the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. <clears throat> do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Come back to your senses as you ought, and stop sinning, for there are some who are ignorant of God. I say this to your shame. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you for that reading. Before I start, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of your word, your truth, and your life. Please would you minister to us through the grace of your Holy Spirit, so that we may grow in our love and our faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, good morning, everybody, and we're, we're continuing our series on the Apostles' Creed. So, uh, which is crystallized concentration of biblical truth. So last week, Simon was talking about the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross for the sins of each one of us. But that was not the end. And I have the daunting task of considering the further work of our Lord Jesus in his resurrection, ascension, and return. And this is all part of this big picture of the way that God is building his kingdom and he will fully establish it. And our reading from 1 Corinthians stresses the importance of the fact that Jesus was raised from the dead by the power of God and that without the resurrection, our faith in the crucified Christ is useless for faith, it is not enough to have the empty cross. We need the empty tomb. So if Jesus just died, we would still be dead in our sins too. But Bishop Leslie Newbingen commented that the resurrection is not a reversal of a defeat, but a manifestation of a victory. So the cross and the resurrection are two parts of one saving act of God. And God begins to manifest his plan of recreation, restoration of a new heaven and earth. But this morning I want to look at why the ascension is important. Because we hardly celebrate it or mention it actually as we focus more on the coming of the Holy Spirit of Pentecost. But I think it's a really exciting manifestation of Jesus' victory over sin and death. So Jesus' disciples didn't actually see the resurrection, but they saw Jesus' transformed body. But they definitely saw Jesus ascending. What an extraordinary sight. So here is a painting by the German Kulbach. 
And I love the fact that you can just see Jesus' feet at the top. So you get this sense of this amazing movement uh, into heaven. So you might recently have seen William Shatner uh, going up in a rocket. But I mean, this is so much more incredible. So Jesus boldly goes into heaven where no resurrected man has gone before. And the significance of this is such a deep mystery, and we must receive it by faith. Because at the moment, these things are hidden from us, but one day, they will all be made clear. So in faith, we believe that Jesus ascends because of who he is, and he does it for our sake. So death could not hold him because he lived a perfect life. And his work is now in heaven, although he is still with us through his Holy Spirit. So I'm going to talk about three elements of Jesus' ascension. That he is our resurrected priest, that he is our reigning king, and that he is our representative in heaven. So as priest, we're going to look at the book, a bit of the book of Hebrews for this, Hebrews 4. And the main thing to remember that is that Jesus' sacrificial work is done once and for all. So God approved of Jesus' work on the cross that it is finished and done. So by his God's power, he raised Jesus from the dead. And Jesus is now seated at God's right hand because his work is finished. So there is one God and one mediator between God and man, and that is Jesus. He said, I am the way. The Old Testament priests in the temple always stood before the Lord because there were no seats provided. They offered sacrifices day after day, but nothing could properly deal with people's sin. But Jesus is seated because his work is done. So we are able to come before God's throne only because Jesus is there as our sympathetic mediator and high priest. And Hebrews 7 tells us that Christ is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them as priest. So how conscious are we of Jesus' intercession for us today. If I could hear Christ praying for me in the next room, that would just totally change the way I saw my life. And we might think that prayer is sort of what we say to God. But this suggests that we can sit in silence before the Lord and know that he is praying for me and for you. So what is Jesus praying for you today? It might not be what you, uh, what you think. After all, Jesus learned obedience through what he suffered. But never think that you're too insignificant or too bad. Um, 
or that God has got more important things to do. And this is a very great mystery because we often feel that this must be the case. But not only this, that we do have bold access, that we can boldly go to the throne of grace. It is through the ascended Christ that we have access to the Father. So Jesus has opened up heaven for us And Jesus ascends also as our resurrected king. Because Jesus is alive and he is seated at the right hand of the Father and worshipped by all the company of heaven, as in Revelation. So he is resting but reigning. He is a saviour whose work is done, but he's also reigning as the king of the entire cosmos. And his work of salvation continues as he builds up the kingdom of God by drawing people to himself by faith. And so here is comfort, but a challenge. So God is spirit. So God's right hand is a metaphorical symbol of power. So God Almighty has authority in ruling over all creation, in operational power. In Psalm 110, God says of Jesus, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. So all will be overthrown. And that is such a comfort to know. Because we may fear what's going on at the moment, the autocratic regimes, the evil influences of social media, maybe illness and mental health problems, the state of uh, the economy or um, the environment. And so now there are spiritual battles going on in the heavenly realms and on earth, which is why we are urged to stand firm and persevere in our faith, because our present circumstances might look rather bleak. But Jesus is supremely powerful. And if we belong to him in his time and in his wisdom, he will work everything together for good. And uh, you may remember in Philippians 2, I haven't got it up here, but um, there is this wonderful hymn about Jesus who is God and yet he empties himself of all but love and becomes nothing. And therefore God exalts him to the highest place. So it's a wonderful hymn of the humility and obedience of Jesus who is then exalted to the highest place and that everyone will know that Jesus Christ is Lord. And so here is the challenge. Have we bowed the knee to Jesus and fully submitted to him? So are we going to take all these good, good things but on our terms, thinking that as Jesus suffered, we don't have to? Or do we feel entitled to heaven on earth now and feel that Jesus has let us down when we don't get all we want? Or have we made God in our own image, wrapped up nicely in Winchester culture? And thirdly, Jesus is our representative. So Jesus is the first to enter heaven as the perfect, resurrected person. He is described as our forerunner and the first fruits of the harvest of humankind. 
So he takes humanity up to heaven. And I find this such an incredible and thrilling truth back to that Philippians 2, is that as Jesus became man, he then didn't leave it all behind and, became, and become just divine again in heaven. He was forever changed. He fully identified with us in all our joys and sorrows. And each and every one of us has great worth because Jesus in his incarnation shared in our humanity so that every experience of life can be an experience of God. Every experience of life, we can experience God. And now that he has ascended, human experience is fulfilled and glorified. Our humanity is raised and ascended with him. And that reading in Hebrews 4, Jesus understands our struggles because he's been through them too. So he is so sympathetic, um, but can uh, mediate for us when we come before him in confession. We are forgiven because Jesus is in heaven. Eternal life in the uh, kingdom of heaven starts when we come to faith in Christ and become a new creation. So I have an old and a new passport, so I've just I've left them at home. But we used to be part of the EU, but anyway, we're not anymore. Now we're citizens of the UK. But what would a heavenly passport look like? We might make it red for the blood of Jesus, and we might put a cross on it. But the cross is only shorthand. Perhaps that's why we, we need the crest that you have on a passport that incorporates all the elements of the Apostles' Creed to signify what God's kingdom is like. And we might read inside the passport, in the name of Jesus, to allow the bearer to pass freely without let or hindrance into the kingdom of God and to afford the bearer such assistance and protection as may be necessary. That's what's in the passport. But yes, I'll have some of that. Jesus' protection and assistance. And as for the uh, coming again, in John 14, 6, we read that Jesus ascended in order to prepare a place for those who belong to him. Then he will return to, to get us so that we can be where he is. So he really has thought of everything. God really is in the detail. And I think really a sermon on judgment to come back to judge the living and the dead is for another, another time. So how do we live now? What is, uh, what is our comfort? Our comfort is that Jesus knows our struggles and our joys and he is not disconnected and aloof, but he's always interceding for us before his Father. So around us may be spiritual battles as well as blessings, but in the end, if we stand firm in our faith and trust that Jesus will come, will overcome all his enemies, we don't know how, but he will. And we have this eternal perspective. God is faithful and he will do it. So we don't have a hopeless end, but rather an endless hope. And for a challenge from Martin Luther, 
who said, live as if Jesus died yesterday, rose today, and is coming back tomorrow. So give thanks, but give yourselves. Give yourselves fully to what God has called you to do. Even today, is there one thing we could do to further the kingdom of God, storing up treasure by an act of kindness, being generous, giving more attention to Jesus by listening to him, or introducing people to Jesus. So I've talked about Jesus as our resurrected priest, our reigning king, and our representative in heaven. And he is able to do these things because of his ascension. So it's all going according to God's overriding plan, which is a plan of endless hope for us. So I'll just pray to finish. Lord Jesus, thank you that you are alive and exalted over everything. And yet, you are constantly thinking of us and interceding for us. Help us live humbly before you to stand firm in our faith and encourage others as we await your return. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>